fine with me, but it's okay with you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, having Don and Drew on, but they were they had a whole bunch of conflicts this weekend, so we never could work it out. So uh, it's mm. it's hard to get people scheduled, but anyway, that's cool. Let, let me go ahead it and get hard to get them scheduled. Yeah, let me go ahead and get this thing started. Welcome to Podcast Legends. On the line today is uh, a legend himself, Gary Leland. Gary, how are you? I am doing excellent, my friend. Just got back from a weekend vacation in Galveston. Well, it's been uh, relatively quiet here in Honolulu. We were supposed to have a hurricane, and uh, it it went north of us. So uh, it's just been a little bit rainy. It's been beautiful here, so I can't complain. Uh, Better than the shingles flying off. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I grew up on a I grew up on an island on the east coast, so I'm familiar with that. <laughs> so we haven't been whacked in a long time, so uh knocking on wood here. But anyway, you know, uh on this little project here to uh collect the stories of folks that were around from the very, very beginning and my gosh, you you know, I you're gonna have to remind me on how how things went down because I don't remember if you started a podcast first or if you started the website first. Uh, you know, maybe. Well, actually, no one really knows the truth. Oh. Uh, everybody thinks of me as Podcast Pickle. That was my first success at podcasting. But before that, we did sportpodcast.com. You know, me being a sports guy, I really, when I saw podcasting, the first thing that flashed into my eyes was a directory full of sports. Right. So uh, I'd say maybe second week of December, we came out with sports deck, uh, sportspodcast.com. It, it could have been sport podcast, podcast, podcasting. I can't remember what now. Was that, um, was, that, t- was, that was that December of 04 or when, what year was, when was that? Yeah, 04. Yeah. And uh, then our show, we had a hard time finding shows. Yeah, because there are only like 50 podcasts or something, 100. Right. So the first show I did was the sports podcast show. That's cool. And I was interviewing people in the world of sports. But, you know, after a month of doing it, we still only had nine podcasts or 10 podcasts on the directory because that's all there was. <laughs> <laughs> Not because anyone had problems. There just weren't any more to put on there. Right. You know, in sports. So then I said, well, we got to do another directory. This is a great concept, but we're kind of sucking. <laughs> so then we came out with Podcast Pickle that has all, you know, genres. And that's the one that uh, was a success. But most people don't have any idea that sports podcasts ever fell in the, the directory and the show ever even happened. You, you were kind of like me, though. You were buying up domains like crazy I don't know how many you still have. I have close to 300 podcast-related domains. Where are you at these days? Uh, I'm probably at mm, 100 to 200. Most of them are sports. Yeah. If you take a sport and add podcasts or podcasts or pod or pods, I probably have it. You know, <laughs> chances are. Except for cricket. I said By the time I got to cricket, I said, the hell with that. That's funny. So uh, anyone that's out there that's looking for a sports domain, I'm sure, uh, you know, you come to Gary with a, a little bit of cash, you might be able to buy one of those domains. <laughs> yeah, actually, when I was, uh, I saw you last was during a lunch meeting Yeah. for the uh, Internet, is it Advertising Bureau? Yeah, the IEB stuff, yeah. And uh, there were two people there from ESPN. I went over to this over and got their cards. So I could send them an email saying, hey. If you're into podcasting and you're ESPN, you know, how would you like to at one swap control all the domain names? Did they uh, they get an eyebrow or did you get a response at all? Oh, I, was, <laughs> I, I hadn't sent it yet, to be honest. <laughs> you know, you, you think about those humble beginnings, Gary, and I just loaded up our directory listing, and today there are 18,729 sports shows. Is that amazing? Well, that would have been nice to have back then in 2004. <laughs> that would have made my uh, directory a real success. You know, it's, it's funny, you know, the other day, you know, we have a site called um, podcastjunk.com. And we, we sell, you know, Scott Sigler has uh, his, his sport books uh, that he has about this football team. We make his football uniforms for his 
um, teams, right? And we pay him a licensing fee, you know, to to make those. And uh, and we've sold a ton of. I mean, I I wouldn't doubt if we've sold almost a thousand of those over the years. That's amazing. You know, and uh, it is amazing. But I threw on there a podcast pickle T-shirt the other day. I found a box of them, and I threw one on there the other day as retro T-shirts, and we sold one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think we all have boxes of T-shirts laying around that, you know, kind of went past their time. So if I dig any out, I'm definitely, I'll just send them over to you. I'll let you put them on assignment. <laughs> you know, you've uh, you've done a lot of things in the podcasting space, and I, I don't think people fully realize everything that you've done. But I want to really do want to go back to that beginning time period and, and talk about that, and then we'll kind of move forward. But so when you... You know, your background, you're a business guy. You own a sports store, right? Right. I own a, 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 well, actually, I own a sports, a baseball softball store. Not really a sporting goods store. We're into one niche, mostly softball. Right. But, you know, so much stuff in softball rolls over into baseball that we added baseball secondary. But I also own the largest wallpaper store in Texas. A lot of people don't know that. Huh. So your, your, you know, your basis of starting the sports show, then did you immediately know that this was maybe going to be an outlet for you to drive business or what was yes, your, yes, that was the original target. I mean, most everything I do is to drive business in some way, shape or form, to be honest with you. When I see something, I do something, whether it's my magazine or my books or whatever I do, you know, the underlying current there is to make money off of it somehow. So from the very, very beginning, you were probably thinking about monetization long before many of the, of the other folks were. Well, actually, it's kind of, actually we started monetizing, um, and we started running ads on AdWords for our site really quick because we wanted to try to build that, even though we had no one looking at it. Right. Um, I had uh, well, our player, our podcast player we'd made for the site had our logo in there. So when a podcast would start playing, it would load up our logo, and then it would um, load up the podcast and the artwork, and then play it through. And we didn't, like I said, we didn't have many podcasts. So when we built Podcast Pickle, we had this whole site made, so we used it as a template. Mm-hmm. You know, just copied everything and changed it, uh, tweaked it to make it Podcast Pickle. And when I was getting uh, podcasts, Don and Drew, you, you know, we were talking about them earlier. Uh, they put their podcast on our website, and Don emails me one day, I can't believe you take my podcast off your website. You're no good. I'm like, whoa, 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 what's going on? He goes, you're running ads at the beginning of my podcast. <laughs> and it was the ad of a softball. I mean, that would not be the ad I'd have been running under a, you know, Don and Drew's show if I was really meaning to run ads under it. it was I'm a, like, oh, that's a, that's was, over from an old site we had. He goes, okay, what's well, okay then? It was a, fact, I told him that at the Hall of Fame Awards, and, <laughs> and Don goes, oh, yeah, like he had so much going on he needed to worry about you having an ad on it. <laughs> so there was a there was a banner then. It wasn't necessarily an audio ad. It was a banner running on the site. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. It was an image in the player. Yeah. yeah. The player popped up if you wanted to listen to it on the site. Yeah. And then... Um, yeah, because it wasn't iTunes back then. Yeah. You had to use like Lemon or yep. iPod or, or something. Yeah. So yep. we had it on the site there, to, and it would pop up with the the logo was going to be in there was the intent of whatever logo we were advertising. Then after the podcast loaded, you know, after five seconds or so, the podcast would start playing, and it would show their artwork. Right. I think in the early days, people were so sensitive about the monetization piece. If you'd go to a website and, you know, like you built this nice directory – and had a very, very active forum over there. Um, you know, people were just hanging out, talking about shows. And, it, you know, you, you became uh, centralized, you know, between you and, oh, man, there was just a couple of other sites um, where you could go to find shows. So you must have got a lot of traffic in the early days. Oh, we did. You know, our Alexa ranking, and not that Alexa's accurate. I mean, don't, don't get me going there because I know it's not accurate. But it kind of gives you an indication, I think, you know, compared to other ones. Our Alexa ranking was under 5,000 at one time. Wow. Yeah, so, I mean, we were cooking at one time, and we were we were making a, quite a bit of money at one time off of ads on the sidebar, banners, because I didn't, 
I just charged the big dollar amounts. I didn't mm -hmm. care how many people saw it. That wasn't my deal. You wanted to be on there. This is how much it costs. I yep. want a pay-per-click or yep. pay-per-view. It costs you to have a banner on there, 2500 a month, no matter if anyone saw it or not. Yep. You know, and that's how we did it. I think I and bought... we were doing really well. I think I bought some uh, side, you know, the little mini banners for shows. I, at one time, I think you were running... You know, you could, you know, I think you had five or six or maybe 10 shows that were advertising on the site every month. I think I was for a few months there or for a while. I was, I was running my own show on the site. It's just a, you know, a banner for people to click through to, to get to the podcast. So, you know, right, you, right. We, like I said, there was, you know, the thing was, or, or I guess the main reason it did so good at the time, not only with the new technology, not only was it not in iTunes yet, they didn't have podcasts. Mm -hmm. Uh, there was no such thing as Facebook, and there was no such thing as Twitter. Right. So um, those things killed, I imagine, like they did most forums, you know, because even after iTunes came out, I can't remember which was first, iTunes or Twitter. Well, oh, it was definitely iTunes because iTunes came out yeah, yeah. in uh, July. I mean, with po did iTunes come out with podcasts before Twitter came out? Uh, did what? Did iTunes add podcasts? Before Twitter came oh, out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Long before. Okay. So that killed... iTunes kind of killed the directory to a big extent. And I didn't blame them. I started using iTunes better. It was way better mm -hmm. than what we offered. Right. Um, so I, I didn't... But, but still then, we still did great because of our forums. Yeah. You know, like um, Mignon Fogarty. She told me that she wouldn't be podcasting today if it wasn't for our forums. That's where she came to get all her questions answered and learn how to podcast. Yeah. But then Twitter came out, and as you know, Todd, who was first one to take advantage of Twitter? It was all the techies. Yep. You know, because I remember we were going, oh, if we could only get someone famous using Twitter, this thing would really take <laughs> off. You know, so once all the techies left, you know, Podcast Pickle really was doomed at that point between iTunes and Twitter. If you think about, though, back to those days, you know, it was you – Chris McIntyre with uh, Podcast Alley. Uh, nice guy. Chris is a great friend of mine. He he was actually the the tech editor for my book. Uh, I haven't talked to Chris in all in a while, but uh, yeah, great dude. Um, I think he actually went to Pod Show for a while. So I think it, he moved to San Francisco last yeah, time I talked to him. Yeah, right. he was working. They had bought podcast alley and he was working out there and he's wanting to get back to tennessee or wherever he was from yeah you know a funny story about chris when the first podcast expo is that what it was called the game with podcast yeah, it expo? was it was podcast expo yeah in ontario um there was like a big room i don't know if you remember the band was going to play that night and uh it's kind of dark in there main room and i was walking out the door i guess as chris was walking in the door and i'd never met chris but I recognized his face, or he recognized my face, I can't remember. And so, hey, how's it going? We shook hands, and all of a sudden it was like, can you do that again so we can get pictures of that? Like we were at war or something, <laughs> is the way it was like. We were going to be like, oh, I hate you. But, you know, neither one of us knew each other. Who cared? We were just trying to make a buck. So we were standing there taking pictures, posing, shaking hands while everybody takes our picture like it was some big deal Chris and I met each other. Right. I remember that. That was so funny. But he was a super nice guy. Yeah. And I, I, I'm I, trying to think. I'll have to get Chris on here because, you know, he was, you know, he, he run the alley there and he's probably got a pretty good story to tell too. And and, and the alley was up before even even sports podcast. Yeah. So how do you, you know, you, you know, no one was thinking about, well, like there was some directory starting to pop up, but who did you hire to just build this thing? Because you're not a techie. Do you just go out and contracted oh, or no, what we, at that time we were doing so much stuff i had four guys that worked for me here inside that built whatever i needed to have built um so i had a whole uh web department i guess you'd say mm -hmm. web building department yep. engineering department yep and uh, actually uh sports podcasts came the real secret the real story behind the scenes is this kid who worked for me was going to U uh, University of Texas, and he was coming home for Christmas, and he'd worked for me all during high school, uh, maybe 10th, 11th, and 12th grade, and he went down there, and he was coming home for Christmas his freshman year, and he called me up and said, Gary, can I work for you over Christmas? I said, sure. 
And when he got here, we were in the middle of a lot of stuff, and I knew he was only here a couple weeks. And I said, hey, I just read about this new thing coming out called podcasting. I think we need to get into that and find some way to make money advertising on that. And he said, okay. And so I let him go at it, and two weeks later, the full podcast director created. He built that in uh, two weeks, huh? This guy was a coding machine. He ended up going for Google, working for Google, working for the government, working for – he works for some German company now, programming. He was a machine. I mean, he came in – He when he would work here when he was in high school, he'd come in and go, why are you guys doing this way? And he'd sit down and in 30 minutes have a whole point of sale, made a whole point of sale for us. Wow. That we still use to this day, basically. That's incredible. Yeah. Huh. So that was – it was not intended – I was thinking something. If he had made the podcast by itself, I probably would have been happy. Right. <laughs> it's funny. So the so that's how Podcast Pickle was born. Had uh, forums. Yeah, podcast Pickle was because of softball. Uh, yeah, because it's because sports podcast didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just and everybody uh, always used to ask, "Where'd you get this name from? Where'd you get this name from? What's this mean? Podcast Pickle? What's this mean?" I was sitting down drinking a bottle of wine, watching TV, <laughs> trying to come up with a name for the site, and everything that came on TV, I'd go, podcast boat, podcast house, everything I'd see, and a pickle commercial came on, and I said, podcast pickle, and by then, I was close to the bottom of the bottle of wine, I think, <laughs> and I said, I said, I like that, and then I remember some guy said, well, your podcast directory looks really good, but your name really sucks, and I said, it, it does, and he goes, oh, yeah, and I said, does it suck any more than Yahoo or, or Google? And he goes, oh, yeah, I guess maybe it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, from the Podcast Pickle directory, the actual Podcast Pickle uh, character, or what do you want to call it, the uh, mascot. mascot was born, right? Yeah, we would ship him. You, know, you saw him wherever I was at, of course, Todd. So, so tell, tell people about the places all over the country for those that, that I didn't even go to. For those that don't know, just, tell them about the mascot. Well, podcast Pickle mascot, his name was P. Dilly, and he was a full, gosh, must have been seven foot tall pickle with headphones <laughs> on. I mean, it was a great mascot. That's yeah, wonderful. I ran in, in one of my sporting endeavors, I ran into the lady who makes all the mascots you see on the field at Major League Baseball. Yep. And I was like, wow, that's a great idea. Can you make a pickle? She's like, I can make anything. And uh, we would we would take that. Wherever I went, I'd take that because I thought that was cheap advertising. Right. I mean, it cost me like $1,800. But really, I mean, if you think about how many people wanted to get their picture taken with that thing. Well, you'd go and I didn't have to pay a booth fee or anything like that. Yep, yep. So I, I thought it would be cheaper than rent a table. Plus, I didn't have to hang out at the table. And I never wore the suit. I mean, I always found a local... High school theater kid, that pay him like minimum wage, and they love to do in it, and to to get in it. But uh, now he's been rebranded as the Pottertainment Pickle, um, for our Pottertainment magazine, and he'll be at Pod Fest in Florida. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Pod Fest. Yeah. Florida. Pod Fest. Yeah. So he'll be there. And matter of fact, they're putting him up. They're they're paying to ship him out there. They want people to photo op with him and stuff like that, which was my original attention. So that pickle was, what, almost 12 years old, 11 years old now? So if someone and still people were paying to ship that thing out to him. If you guys Google, anybody that's listening and you're at your computer, if you Google Podcast Pickle and click on the image section of uh, of Google, you dominate the first, like, <laughs> you're, you're in there a hundred times, you know? So you it's, know, it, it used to be, Todd, that if you, at one point, you know, because, who do we have putting pictures of this thing up? Techie guys, right? High demand thing. South by Southwest had a picture of all these big things. Right. There was a time that if you searched pickles, <laughs> the podcast pickle was the whole front page on images. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Just under pickles, sir. Uh, searching a pickle. That's funny. So if you yeah, if you search podcast pickle under images, or even just regular Google it, you'll find uh, the original site. But Wow. So that was the pickle, and you've continued from that point. And I don't. What is the status of the website? And I, I apologize, I haven't been over there in a long uh, time. Actually, I just took it down maybe three months ago, four months ago. Code I was left getting it up, a little... and I quit. I took the forums down 
because I got tired of having to update those for no one using them, so no one can hack them. You know how those forums mm-hmm. are. If you don't keep updating them, someone's going to know the vulnerability. Yep. So I, I took those off, and then I quit letting people add podcasts years ago. But I kind of just left it up there because it was sitting on the server. wasn't really causing me any trouble, you know? Yep. And uh, finally, I started moving everything off that server, and uh, I just didn't move that when we moved the server. Right. So probably about three months ago is when it uh, disappeared. Cool. So from that point forward, you, you know, you've stayed hot and heavy with the, uh, with the sports and you, I mean, you're like Mr. Softball, right? You're like, you're like Mr. Uh, a one celebrity when it comes to covering softball, you're the man, you, you, you get like the, uh, the ESPN type credentials, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, I was talking on Facebook today to just on that subject. I was talking to this one, the president of International Softball Federation today about my press passes for Tokyo in 2020. Oh, because so, softball's back in the Olympics, buddy. Wow. And uh, guess who probably will be on the field with press passes? Nice. Would I be the first? Would I be the first true podcaster? On the field with press passes I, at an Olympic event? I don't know. I account ESPN as a podcast. Well, That's a company that does a podcast on the side. Jason Bryant, um, a wrestler, he's didn't do his podcast per se, but he um, he was at the Olympics this year doing – he was the announcer for – he was the U.S. or English-speaking announcer for the, uh, the oh, wrestling well, event. That's pretty good, yeah. I would yeah. count him – I would count him as the first then. Yeah. Unless so, it was someone before that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if there's anybody else. I'm sure the audience will let us know if, if there was. But but anyway, that's going to be cool to, because you know, I got confirmation today. He's going, ah, you're a little early. I'll call you <laughs> when it's time to get your press passes. So I'm really pumped. I mean, you know, to go to, but yeah, I go to um, the uh, D1 championships every year. Um, you know, I'm in the press box or on the field, one or the other. And then uh, this year they're flying me out to Florida for the D2 championships. I've gotten to the point that a lot of people fly me out to events. Nice. And pay my expenses and fly me out. And maybe I'm not getting a daily fee a lot of times, mm-hmm. but I'm getting paid to come get content. Right. You know, so. That happens I mean, to me a lot now, too. Yeah, so that's a great deal. I get paid and I get content out of the deal. And instead of, uh, you know, having to go, because basically on some of them, I would have, I would have cut the bill to get the content I got. You know, I would have paid for the hotel and flight. Right. So, um, so this year we'll cover D1 and D2, you know, um, college world series softball. So, you know, you, you've always, you know, you and I have talked about this and, and everything you do is business related. So, you know, you've taken your podcast and you've got these great interviews so are you running ads for balls, mitts, uh, bats in your shows or, or in these yes, interviews? Yes, or? I, have, I have commercials. I have actual commercials that I put in there, not, not NPR type of uh, selling. I have a commercial. So you I have a it. commercial quickly. Uh, I kind of like don't believe in a lot of people's beliefs. You know, um, and I had this argument with a guy one day, not an argument, but a discussion. I have a commercial at like the three-minute mark Yep. right off the bat. And he goes, gosh, you should wait and have your ads after the show's over. They might not watch the show. <laughs> and I'm kind of like, I don't care if they watch it if they don't see my ad. Right, right. I mean, I don't care if they watch it. At least wait if they quit watching it in seven minutes because they're bored. I got one ad out of the deal, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, my, my so ads, I, I showed, my, I'm sorry, my, to step on you there, my, my ads drop when I do interview shows, when I go to like CES or NAB or any of those events, I mean, you know, my ad drops at like the three minute mark. If they want to listen to the interview, they got to listen through the ad. That's exactly what I'm saying. I don't care if you watch my show or listen to my show, if I'm not going to get, uh, an ad view out mm-hmm. of it, you know, and then there is forward fast. Yep. So I don't have some secret that they don't know. You know, or they're not capable of figuring out. But I do, um, you know, like the, like you would at the uh, CES. But I put an intro and outro on it. Yep. You know, me in the studio saying, "Hey, today's show is blah blah blah." I was at uh, blah blah blah, and I interviewed, and we talked about blah blah blah. Let's watch it after this commercial. Gotcha. That's where I have my commercial. I show them the whole meet 
And then when it's over, it rolls into a commercial. And then I talk two or three minutes basically spamming them. Yeah. Saying, make sure you go to my website, uh, make sure and come back next week, blah, blah, blah. I consider that kind of spamming. It's just a little closing. Yeah, similar. I got a, it's like a sandwich. Yep. The meat is the content. The pickle and lettuce are my commercials. And then the bread to the intros and outros. You know, that's a secret to, you know, I've told this many times, and anyone that's listened to an actual interview of me, I, you know, I've told before when we go to these events, we do the same thing. You know, we do a, hey, we're here with so-and-so today. We're going to talk about such-and-such. Well, actually, there's an intro, pro intro, then me introducing whoever we're going to talk about, and then we roll a sponsor spot, and then we come back and do the interview, and we hit them with another sponsor spot, and then we roll out. We do the same thing, and it's, you know, when you're when you're doing interviews and you spend all this money to go someplace to talk to people and paying hotels and food and gas and everything that goes along with it, um, you got to get some some dough out of that. And our interviews for like CES typically, um, 2015, 2016, you know, we'll roll 30, 40 million views on those videos over a year. So the sponsor spots just keep on paying. Um, you know, all the way through the lifetime of those. And even if the company's introducing something, they haven't actually launched it yet. Then what we end up right. happening, probably what happens to you is you get this subsidiary traffic later on, you know, someone signed a deal or some, something's done a big thing or, you know, like in your case, maybe like did a triple play or, you know, who knows what they've done in the world of softball and bam, you get the traffic to that person. And it's like that ad lives another day and, and you're a hundred percent right. We had one we did with, I can't even think of the names off the top of my head with a player at OU on how to hit a ball. Mm-hmm. And her sister ended up being the winning, not only the pitcher on the winning team two years later at the college world series, but hit the home run to win the college world series. This was her sister. Well, the, the sister who wasn't in the college world series. Oh my gosh. The views went off the wall on that one. When you saw the last name, Shows you how to hit. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody was watching it. So, and all my content's evergreen for the most part. So, you know, I still probably get 500 views a month on show number one, and we're probably on show number 500 now. Right. You know, but but they're all my commercials. You know, I learned that real early when I first started Fast Pitch TV. Um, Ethan Sports contacted me and said, "Hey, we want to uh, advertise on your show." I was like, "Really? Okay." And uh, I said, "Well, you know, I only have like 300 viewers, so." How about $300 an episode, and uh, you can be the exclusive advertiser. I really didn't know the show was going to get as big as it, it did. And they said, okay, and they said, we want to do it for a whole year. And we'll send you a check in advance for one show a week for a year. And I was like, cool. And then uh, the next year, they wanted to renew, and I was like, no, nah, no, nah, this is not going to work. We're up to 1,000 views, and you're still getting them. Mm-hmm. You know, the, Here it is eight years later, and they're still getting the views. Right. So um, you know, doing it like I do where you embed them. And now I know I don't have to embed them, but I do because they're my commercials. Yep. But back then I embedded them, you know, and so uh, now all we do is our commercials. That's the whole reason we create content is to have something to put our ads in, you know. Gary, can I ask how much is that added to your bottom line for your business? Well, I'll say that, well, my business does seven figures. Uh, I'll say that. And I used to spend 10000 a month on Google AdWords when I first started podcasting. Now I don't spend anything on Google AdWords, and I do more than I did then. Wow. So I'll say that. Um, so automatically the 10000 a month to the bottom line, that's 100000 a year Yep. if we just take that money. Yeah. But we advertise a coupon code is what we advertise. And the coupon code is on bats softball bats, which most people don't realize it, but a softball bat's going to cost you 300 to $450 nowadays. So, I mean, and we're making a 30% margin on bats. So we sell a lot of bats, you know, and people can't, uh, bats have a, um, it's kind of weird in this market, bats have what's called a minimum advertised price. No one can advertise that bat for less than $300 if it's a $300 bat. Yep. They can't say, hey, I got this bat for two seventy five, Norway three, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. Or they'll they'll shut you down, they'll quit selling your bats. But since my coupon code doesn't mention the manufacturer, no one's called me. It seems like I'm not breaking the rules. Uh-huh. So it's uh thirty dollars off any bat on the site if you use the code. 
and I've been doing that for years and years, and nobody's nobody's called me on it. So I thought it was within the rules, and I guess it is. So that's made you know that makes you competitive from a pricing standpoint uh, up against Amazon and the other animals that are out there. But at well, the even same... on Amazon, they have to sell it. At uh, they could, they can get oh, free yeah. shipping. Right, right, right. But they have to sell it at, at three hundred. If it's three hundred, okay. we all have to sell it at three hundred. Gotcha. You know, and you can't. And they're really tight on Amazon for but, some reason. What can happen there? But you're beating them in the social side, so you're beating them because you've got you know five hundred episodes of uh, fast pitch softball out there with uh, you know it, you know all this information in, and when people search softball, they come to Gary. They don't go somewhere else. Yeah. I've ranted myself pretty well on it. That's the other good part of having that three minutes in the studio before the show and the three minutes afterwards. You know, I have a lot of people who call and ask for me by name to place an order, or they don't even use the coupon. You know, they can't remember it, but they can mm-hmm. remember my name. Yep. And they go, I bought this because of Gary. Let them know, you know, in the comments and things like that. Those come in all the time. That's awesome. You know, if I go to... Gosh, I can't go anywhere softball without being recognized. And my niche, now my niche is super small, though. Realize this, Todd. But it, it, but you can control a small niche. Yep. I could never do in baseball what I do in softball. Right. But you've got a softball. You can sell softball gear at your store. So, you know, that's, and you do seven figures. So, you know, um, there's not a lot of businesses that can say that. Yeah, yeah. And that's our only, that's our only advertising, really, is podcasting and social media. That's it. We don't do any paid advertising. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know when the last time I did some paid advertising was. I may start doing something, though, with a friend of mine, Dennis Wu from uh, Face Facebook guy. He's told me that he can make me back my money threefold. So if he can make me back my money threefold, I'm going to give him a shot. I know him pretty well. Yeah, that's that's worth dropping a grand and say, or or five grand and go, okay, yeah. go do it and uh, prove me prove yourself right. Yeah, yeah, and if he can do it, I told him, I said, if you can do it, I'll do business with you forever. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I said, uh, there's no reason I would ever stop, Right. you know, doing business with you. So we'll see what happens on that. But, you know, this podcasting is, you know, I had this girl uh, that came to intern with me at the College World Series maybe like three years ago. And it was the first day, and I had left a mic in the car, and I said, just wait right here. We just met. She flew in and came out of the field, and I just met her. I didn't know her. She wanted to, was a softball player taking something to do with TV or in college, I guess, wanted to intern with me at the games. So I said, I'll be back in five minutes. So I went to the car. was only 100 yards away. I got back like 30, 40 minutes later. And she goes, gosh, I just been staying here waiting. I thought maybe I, I misunderstood you. Did something wrong? I said, no, that's how long it took me to go to my car because someone saw me and recognized me. Once someone sees me and recognizes me, Mm-hmm. And starts taking pictures or wanting autographs. It sounds crazy because I'm just a 60 year old fat man, you know, that's trying to make a dollar. <laughs> but uh, once it starts, there's a line of them, I mean, you can't really, you can't go, man, I got to go. Someone's waiting on me, you know, or I can't do that, you know, because it doesn't happen every day. And it is kind of, it's kind of weird, but it's kind of cool at the same time. Uh-huh. And uh, like this kid handed me her softball to sign. I was going, man, I don't want to ruin your softball. And the dad goes, no, no, she really watches your show all the time. You won't ruin her softball. You make her dancing, okay? So, and, and you know, and they, some... and for those of us that have been in this space for a while, it's cool because they, you know, it's almost the way I always talk about it is, is they they know us, we don't know them, but they are like like part of the family right from the get go, you know. And you do a great job with that, though, Todd, more so than a lot of people. Being part of the Ahana, I mean, you really do a good job with that. I've always thought that. Well, it's, uh, you know, I, I've always said that if a podcaster doesn't know his audience, then, you know, they're they're doing themselves a disfavor. So, um, and I've always pushed that uh, they're part of the family thing. But, you know, it's it, it, it rolls back to what you do, Gary. When you go and you don't get people lined up talking to you just because, you know, they, they like what you do. And they know you. You're personable. So and that's why you come across in your show. Yeah, well, I I enjoy uh, the opportunities it's brought me. It's nice that my business is doing real well because of it. But it's nice to someone who likes the College World Series that I get to go and go on the field like after the game and talk to the players or be on the camera pits on the side of the field, ballpark there, or have a press seat right in the middle of it all. I mean, it's great. I mean, if you're a fan of the game, 
that's as good as it gets. Mm-hmm. And it's truly inside baseball or inside softball. You get the inside. Uh, you know, a lot of these. You know, a lot of these softball players are college kids, and they're trying to get some exposure. And you do an interview with them that gets their face and name out there a little bit. And you know, I don't know what the. Uh, I don't know if there's a pro circuit after college or not for for softball players. Yeah, but, but I'm sure a lot of these ladies are looking to you know further that along at some point, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they, they, and there is. You know, if you're you know, it's a fledgling new thing. If you're an outfielder, you're probably not going to do real good. If you're a pitcher, catcher, shortstop, you probably can make some pretty good money in the pros. It's just starting to grow. Matter of fact, there's an example because of our um, podcast being so well known and so entrenched. The National Pro Fast Pitch League, the MPF, it's called, called and said, "Hey, we want to give you a license to sell our products." Whoa. Um, normally you have to pay 2500 a year plus 7%. We'll just give you the license and you just pay us 7% of what you sell. Hmm. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, but that didn't become because of me. That became because of the show. Right. The show got me that, you know, so uh, we sell gear of theirs you know, because of that. Mm-hmm. With their logo and everything on it. Right. So you got the official licensing deal. It's like selling NBA stuff. It's very, very difficult to get an NBA license and it's officially sell, you know, their products or even with the nation of, you know, baseball as well. Well, that's the kind of thing that we worked up. We we did that same type of thing, though, with uh, Scott Sigler on his uniform. Mm-hmm. You know, some people were like, oh, we want 25, 30%. I'm like, that's crazy talk. Mm-hmm. No one, no licensing company, even the NBA, I don't think is 30%. Right. <laughs> oh, I mean, you know. And Scott wanted to do these, and we gave him what we thought was a fair price. He goes, yeah, that sounds like what a licensing fee should be. Yeah, Scott's a nice you know? guy, so, too. He's a great guy. Gosh, I've been listening to that show since 2005. You know, him and I yeah. kind of compete on the GoDaddy side for, uh, uh, it's kind of interesting, because GoDaddy's still sponsoring his show, as same as mine all these years later. And uh, so uh, we always, you know, I, I'm, you know, weekly basis looking at the uh, Google results. He's above me one week. I'm above him the next. It's <laughs> so it's uh it's kind of a funny thing, but uh, yeah, that's, I kind of uh, compete with Scott just a little bit for, for GoDaddy traffic. <laughs> well, Scott's a good guy. And uh, Hey, you've been a good guy. You're, you know, I've, I've been to a lot of States, but I don't normally drop by that many podcasters homes. And while I was in Hawaii, I made sure and came by and said hello to you. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I got, the shows that I thought you were a good guy or wouldn't have made the time. You got great kids, too. I met your daughter out here when her and her husband were stationed out here. So, uh, yeah. You had a couple grandbabies now from that uh, couple, yeah? Two, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two year old and six month old. Yep. Can't wait till they get like five and three. <laughs> they can jump in, put their own big car seats on, and, you know, hey, what do you want to do? Right. You know, that's the one that was fun. So, Gary, uh, you know, moving a little bit forward here, you know, you've been involved in the podcasting space really from the get-go and still active. And most of the folks we've talked to on this show already are still podcasting. I know a lot of people have pod faded, but, uh, you know, you're one of the key people that got podcast movement going. So maybe we can tell the inside story on that. What uh, what was the genesis of, you know, you're working with the guys over there to get uh, PM going? Well, they had... Um that was, you know, I had gotten kind of out of, I hadn't gotten out of podcasting, but I had gotten out of podcasting about podcasting. You know, so I wasn't seen very much in the podcasting world anymore, even though I was using it in the sports world. Right. Um, so I decided uh, to say, yeah, I want to get back into that world. So I created Pottertainment Magazine and went to New Media Expo and was interviewing... Cliff Ravenscraft and uh, his, uh, a guy working with him, um, Jared Easily, came over and talked to me. And, and I had just gotten through. I met Jared there because I was trying to – he was like intermediating uh, between me and uh, Cliff. And he goes, you did um, PodCamp Dallas this year, right? And I said, yeah, this is like the third year that we've done it. And he goes, well, it was real successful because Dan Franks had come to my event. I said, yeah. So I guess he had heard from Dan. And he goes, have you thought about like 
taking that to the next level. And I said, well, I plan on growing it more next year and do it slowly, but I only have so much time. And you know, I, you know, do about, what about, I have about 25 e-stores plus the wallpaper store in this store. So I'm kind of busy, Todd. <laughs> and, uh, and a boatload said, of employees would, and everything. <laughs> yes. I said, I would like to do it, but it'd have to, it's just going to take a while. And he goes, well, how about you had help? I said, well, if I had help, yeah. He goes, well, would you be interested in partnering? I said, yeah, I'd be interested. He goes, oh, you're back in five minutes with someone else. And then he came back with Dan uh, Franks, which I had met two weeks before at my podcast. Right. Maybe it was a month before. I don't know the time. But it was recently before I had met Dan. And I was like, oh, Dan, and blah, blah, blah. We started talking. And we decided to do it. And then when we got to Dallas, um, I called up. One of them, I can't remember who it was. It said, really, I can't do this uh, like this because Mitch Todd was a big part of PodCamp Dallas, and that wouldn't be fair to Mitch Todd. I mean, he's a nice guy. This wouldn't be fair. Right. I said, the only way I can come on board on this is if we bring Mitch in as a partner, too. Yep. And because um, to me, I make a fine living. I'm not worried about screwing people. It's not worth my time. And uh, I think you need to do people right. And uh, they both said, okay, sounds good. So I guess they wanted to be pretty bad at the time. And uh, we were only going to do, our goal was to have maybe 350 or 400 people. We had already picked out a place Dan and I had in Addison, Texas. And then uh, we were going to do the Kickstarter to help us raise the money. And I remember we were having an argument whether we should go for like $15,000 in the Kickstarter or 12. And I was on the camp. We need to do 12 because I'd hate to get 13 mm-hmm. and not get anything. Yep. You know, so we finally decided to go for 12. What ended up, we made like 35. Right. Yeah. It and, went huge. Uh, yeah. And I, and I had nothing to do with the Kickstarter site. I'm not going to say nothing to do with it because I contacted you. Yep. You know, you came on board as a silver, and Rob Walsh and came on board as a, a silver, and you know, I mean, I think I found most of the sponsors except the gold one. That, that was the one that she was some marketing company or something. So um, I didn't do anything with the the site itself. But I did call people and say, "Hey, this is going to get." And I think people like you just came on board with no questions because. You knew that I was doing it. Yeah, just yeah, you know, I I knew you, and it was just like, this is a done deal. I know Gary, you know, so yeah. I, I didn't know Dan or Jared or any of those other guys at all. And you got to come a long way from Hawaii. Well, we're just we're gonna bring the team, you know, and we go to an event. Yeah. We yeah. So um, and it turned out we ended up with, well, I don't know, I'm gonna guess 700 people. It was it was great. Yeah, and the next year was 1,100 people, mm-hmm. and this year was maybe 1,500 people. Yeah. So as time has grown by, I mean, and, and I say this to anyone who, who says anything about podcast movement, I have very little to do with it. I mean, I, I don't do anything, actually, anymore. What's my job, Todd? You grin and grip. <laughs> That's it. I, I have very little to do with anymore. All the... All the uh, uh, congratulations and how good it is go to Dan Franks and Jared Easley and I'm the first one to say it because I do very little with it my expertise pretty much have been used and that was uh, being the uh, the contact and the go-to guy and the guy who knew everybody I did take care of the first year I took care of uh, well I'm the person who came up with the idea of the awards um, and then the Hall of Fame so uh First year I worked on putting together the awards committee, and then um, well, last year, no, last year, year before, I contacted all the, I, pe- I picked the year before the Hall of Fame members, because we were brand new at it, and I said, hey, we need to have a Hall of Fame. And so, and I picked you and uh, several people as Hall of Fame members. Now, this year, there was more of a process. I voted on it, and it was nice when I saw my name was in the, there when the voting was being done, but I don't even know who voted with it, because I'm not involved with it anymore. You know, because like I said, I do very little. You know, Gary, I think the thing with um, the podcast movement was is you and I both 
knew and a lot of people that are around from the beginning from the 2004 5 6 range we wanted that feeling that we had before of this big community event where we brought people back together like we did in the old days and well, i have to say from the very beginning this is going to be as close to the first one as we can get it and you know which i think we did oh yeah I had some you, you, people who were turned off the first one because they thought we had too many marketing people and maybe we did but we listened to them oh yeah and the next year and last year, it wasn't that same situation. But the first year, we were kind of taking anyone we could get. Yep. You know, just to like make it happen. But I think what you guys did is you took the lessons from, you know, event one and, you know, you, you regrouped and uh, made some changes and tweaked and they did on year, year three as well. And, um, you know, you guys are the, you guys have got the, the, the uh, show now. You know, you guys are the show. You replaced the, that show it that Rick and those guys never could really fully pull off. And you were able to, um, get the vibe back. And I, and I, and I, and I, and I think it's important. Most folks that weren't there in those early days, they don't understand what that vibe really was, but it's also hard. I understand when you get to 1500 people, the, a lot of us don't know each other. So you're not going to completely recreate that. But I, I saw, you know, 40, 50 people, they're hanging out in groups, they're talking, you know, so it was a lot of networking. Um, it was really what the podcast events in the early days symbolized. And, you know, we grow with the times. And at some point, maybe the show will grow so big that things will not completely be that way. But I know that you guys have gave it a college try and done very, very well in making it happen so um you know i couldn't be well, happier. Like I said, i've had very little to do with that i'm gonna not take the credit and give the credit to dan and and jared i'm not gonna give take any credit um well the guy, those guys did the a, those guys did a great job and uh and uh i guess if anything else uh, a little uh adult i shouldn't say adult because they're they're fantastic gentlemen uh let's say some senior advice helped them a little bit in the beginning <laughs> Yeah, well, I think that, you know, maybe I did have some input, and maybe they were wanting to do it and weren't uh, 100% comfortable they could pull it off. And, well, they did a great you know, job. Who knows, who knows why it happened, but it happened, and they, they've done a great job, and I can say that for, for a fact. So um, I, I enjoy going. I enjoy that I don't have to do much, you know, and that's kind of the deal. I just walk around and say hi to people. Yeah, you got the best. You know, that's uh, my job. You got the best deal. Of the That's, you know, that's important taking the time walking around and saying hello and networking and you know and uh, it's fun for you fun for us because we get to catch up too and so i think uh you guys did a great job with the uh with the new awards and you know it's uh you're in it's you know with any award system as well as i know um it's it's a tough challenge to do it right um but uh, i think you guys have done a good job it's been a class act and uh well, right. thanks. I know that you've been around, so it means a lot coming from you. So, uh, but yeah. anyway, podcast movement uh, success, and if anything else, Gary, you've, you've continued to set your legacy. Well, I uh, I enjoy podcasting. I still always remember that the first time I was on BBC Radio. Yeah, if you're on BBC or at least with shows on, I had to get up like three in the morning. You had to be on their show, and um, they're interviewing me about podcasting. This is back in 2006 or 2007. And the guy goes, do you think this podcasting is going to stick around for a while? And I said, well, I haven't listened to a radio in like three years since I listened to podcasting. And he was like, hold on. That's it. The show's over. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> I guess they didn't like me telling people that you don't need to listen to radio. So that's a, I don't know why I always laugh when I think of that story. And it's, uh, you know, we watch the uh, tides of ups and downs of discussions and, you know, we're, we're in the uh, twilight times of podcasting or we're podcasting is on the, it's, and I think we went through three or four waves of this, but it's been a lot of fun. It's been yeah. an amazing ride the whole time. Well, this is a good wave this time. This is a big, but you know, a lot of things are still the same. It's just the size of the uh, group. You know, if you go back to 2004 podcast expo, you had pickle people, you had pod show people. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there were really any other people there that were oh, that were like that. And but there was like different groups, and maybe there was. You had Libsyn people, you know, because their parties were so damn wild. Yeah. I mean, you know, naked women in, in the 
in the damn uh, shower being painted on and stuff. Yeah, so you had all these different subgroups, yep. but they weren't big. Yeah. Because there weren't a lot of people podcasting. Yep. Now you go to 2016, well, the subgroups are on fire group, for instance. It's huge. Yep. You got all these subgroups that are huge, mm-hmm. but there's so many people in it now yep. that it's kind of the same. It's just like everything's on steroids. Yeah. Yeah, we couldn't get away with having a sweet party and buying three rooms on either side and the one above and below us and do the types of parties we had before. Oh, I, I, I wish we could. Well, you had one suite. We had the other suite. Right. I think there's only three suites in that building. Yeah. We had the police there like ten times that night at our party. Well, that's why we you bought know? rooms on either side and across. We, well, we, did, we did a we noise bear. <laughs> but the guy wouldn't move. He was in our room, and he was supposed to be out one of our rooms on the side. And he was supposed to be out. And they said, well, he's staying the other day. And I said, that's my room. And they said, well, he won't. he's not going to check out. And I said, well, he's going to get real upset. <laughs> and then they took him out of there like midnight. You know, I mean, you know, I, I tried to warn him. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it was a nightmare with him over there. Yeah, I didn't end up having any cops there. We We made it out, but boy, there was a lot of liquor and... Crazy stuff yeah. going on in the rooms. Oh, my goodness. And then we're going to try to get a few of those people that uh, were in some of those crazy stories, see if we can get them on and actually tell those stories. But I don't know if they will. I don't know if the uh, if people are going to be willing to go that uh, deep into conversations. But we definitely have some juicy stuff that uh, could be told if the parties are willing to tell it. But <laughs> Yeah, you, you should find people from that Libsyn party. That's this was before Libsyn was owned by the people that owned it today. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not uh, knocking Libsyn today. I wouldn't <laughs> knock that Libsyn. That was a great party. Yeah. I left my party, I think, to go to that party. Yeah. They were, they were a lot of fun. Did you ever come to the party where we were in Vegas and we had it at the, uh, oh, what was the name of that bar? Yes, I did. It was like a red velvet bar. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> it was a great party. <laughs> It was a great party, though. Yeah, I we did had, come in. It was a great party. Miniature Elvis and uh, the dance girls yes, and yes. magicians. Oh, yeah, it was good. It was a great party, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember when I did that, um, yeah, but I, I do remember. Yeah, I, I think I was speaking at, uh, I, I think I went out that year because I was speaking or something. Yeah. And uh, you gave me a ticket or invited me to the party. I was like, holy cow, this is a great party. Yeah. Well, that, that was a good party. That bar bill was 7800 bucks, so that was a good. Oh, that I was believe a good, it. <laughs> Yeah, I believe that. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we're telling too many stories. Too many, too many. Well, these stories will continue to be repeated because some of the same people that attended these events, you, the audience is going to get used to hearing this stuff. But, yeah, uh, yeah. So any the, any real <laughs> juicy stuff, Gary, that you can remember that were kind of set you back on your heels or made you go, hmm, or something you wish you would have done a little different? or You know, I really... I'm not much on wishing I had done things different on anything, even if I should have, because I figure what happened was probably part of a learning experience to boot. Um, so I have nothing I can think of on the learning experience. I just had so much fun. It was so much fun in the early days. I'm still having um, fun. My God, it's still yeah. a blast. Yeah, I mean, gosh, I. Uh, it was just that, that first. You know, I'll tell you a story. I'm on a plane. Flying to Vegas for the first podcast expo, and do you remember the guy who had the podcast called Podcheck? Wow, that's familiar, but I. God, he was such a he had such a great voice. He does voiceover work now. He had such a great voice, but anyway, I can't think of his name right now. I'm sitting in my plane seat anyway, and I hear this voice, like three voice rows ahead of me, and I go, Mark. Or whatever his name was, and I've never met this guy, but I hear this voice. And he goes, "Yeah, is that Gary?" <laughs> and uh, then, like three rows behind me, this guy goes, "Hey, Gary, Mark, this is Dave." <laughs> so we're all like on the plane, recognizing our voices, right? But right. we've never seen each other. Yeah, our, our, yeah. we don't even know what each other looks like. Yeah, and that was really a fun. That was a fun uh, experience on that plane. And so we started switching seats around with people, and uh, yeah, that was funny. But no, you know, like I said, I, I have no regrets. Um, I uh, probably should, but uh, gosh, I had so many good times. I made so many good friends. I mean, like you, how many years have I known you now? I've known you for 12 years. Yep. 
because of podcasting, and Rob Walsh has so many friends, you know, from podcasting that I probably am at the point I can stop in any state and and say hi to somebody, you know. If I was yeah. destitute, I could find a, a bed to sleep in yep. in any state uh, I wanted. Um, you know, my wife so, always says to me, Gary, she says, uh, you know, here in Hawaii, you know, we got a friend base, but not a huge one. She says, where's all your friends? I'm like, they're like, I have thousands of friends. They're all online. They're on podcasts. They're, you know, so, you know, it's it's maybe sad, but at the same time, uh, it's, you know, it's people that we've, you know, heck, you and I, we, we talk on Facebook uh, every couple of weeks. Maybe we say something to each other. You ask a question or it may not be very long, but, um, yeah. you know, there's, you know, we're always kind of like sharing gossip and stuff. So it's, uh, it's good. I, 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 I definitely appreciate it. I, I think as podcasters get in the space and, you know, those that are new, you know, don't be afraid to make friends with other podcasters. My God, that's the networking part is the best part of this whole space. I think it's kind of like car lots. You know, car lots are always together. I don't care what town you go to. If you find one car lot, there's probably three or four right next door. Mm-hmm. And that's the way podcasts are to me. Yeah. They're like car lots. You all like get together and do things together. You like are so much better off. Yeah, and I don't. I think a lot of these uh, new shows maybe have lost a little of that networking. But you know, you know, if you're listening to this and you're, uh, you know, you're a relative new podcaster, and you get right out there and start networking with like-minded shows. Don't you? Know, that's the key to building an audience because you know you'll you'll cross-pollinate. So. And I'm kind of excited to go to Anaheim this year. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, I think we have room out there for, I don't know that we'll hit it, but I think that place can hold, if I remember correctly, maybe 3,000 people. Wow. I don't, I'm not saying we're going to be able to sell that many tickets or that we want to. I'm just saying the venue is, is a lot, holds a lot more people. Yeah. Because we sold out of tables and tickets this year. I mean, we're sold out. We couldn't sell anymore. Yep. Because we we probably could have sold more. I don't know how many more. We could probably could have sold more. I, I'm not saying we could have sold a lot more, but uh, we did sell out this year. That's so, a that, hey. When you can sell out your show, you're on the right track. It's it's nothing worse than seeing a uh, few empty booths with uh, massage people doing uh, massages or some stupid shit. You know, it's. Yeah, I hated that. You were like avoiding those aisles. I'm not even gonna say where this was because you know where it was. Yeah, and you're avoiding going. You're going to your booth, whatever. You're avoiding aisles because you you don't want to run into those guys wanting to give you a massage or or sell you their iPhone charger massager or whatever. You know. So uh, yeah, it was nice that we sold out of people, and they had something to do with podcasting. We weren't just having to get people. Yeah. That we could get a booth in there. But, but like I said, podcast movement has really topped it off. And like I said, and the main part of that is, like I said, I wish I could take more credit, but, you know, I want to give credit where it's due because I've done probably the least out of everybody there. Um, you know, and, and all of a sudden, it's kind of funny now that I went into the Podcast Hall of Fame this year, it's all of a sudden I'm getting a lot of requests to speak at uh, pretty big events. That, that moniker of Podcast Hall of Famer, really does pull a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of surprised how much weight it pulls. Yep. I mean, the people are like, oh, yeah, we'd like to have you come to our event and speak. And I'm like, oh, okay. Because I enjoy speaking at events, yep. but I just never put that much uh, work at trying to speak at an event. you got to do a lot of work when you speak. It's You're nice. I seem to make a new thing every time. It's nice when they write you an honorarium check, too. That's uh, that's always a nice thing. So I... It, it, I agree. Well, I don't do... Anything local things I don't mind doing if I can drive and come home in the same day. Mm-hmm. But if I'm leaving Dallas Fort Worth, yeah, I've done my share of spreading the word, you know, at, at, at my expense. Yep. And, you know, if I go somewhere to speak, it's typically a, a three day run for me, you know, because it's you don't get anywhere out of Hawaii unless you leave at night or early in the morning and then you get there midday or late evening and then. If you don't, if you can't get out the first thing the the following morning after, it's just you know it's a three day run for me to get anywhere where most people can do a two day. So, um, I, yeah, I don't go right. nowhere I for free. Right. Yeah, I don't go nowhere yeah, for guess, free. Yeah, that's why I said I can't. I've done my share of spreading the word. Yep. You know, I, I just can't afford to do that anymore. Yep. And 
wish I, I, I wish I could think of something. I'm still kind of stuck on your previous question. Well, know, I just, you know, I just kind of laid it out there and, and, you know, and I had Michael Butler on. I was uh, trying to uh, dig out of Michael Butler. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to dig some juice out of him out of some of the stuff that happened at uh, Pancho slash Mevio. He told me that uh, he would have to wait until he's on his deathbed to tell all the real stories. So, <laughs> well, I did say when I met Michael Butler, he came over. We, we had the pickle booth, and maybe it was the second podcast uh, expo. My wife was with me. And uh, what is this show rated? I'm sorry, what? What is this show rated? That uh, we're on? Oh, I don't. Oh, we can talk whatever we want here. Okay, so he comes <laughs> over to my wife, and my wife is like real naive and innocent. I mean, he goes, uh, "Does Gary like it when you use the strap on on him?" <laughs> and my wife, and my wife has no idea what Butler's talking about, and she's like going, "I don't know." I, she's like going. I don't know what you said. <laughs> and, and then he had with him that guy who always dresses an old lady. Yeah. Madge. Uh, that had, huh? Madge. Yeah. Yeah. And Madge, you can imagine what's coming out of Madge's mouth. And uh, my wife is just sitting there like going, I don't know what either one of y'all are talking about. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like going, hey, give her some slack. Leave her alone. Don't be asking her these kind of questions. <laughs> Yeah, because not only is she 62 now, or I guess she was 50, she just had never even heard of a strap-on. <laughs> oh, man, I had forgotten about Madge. Oh, my God, I wonder if I Madge can... Madge Weinstein? Weinsteiner, or... yeah. <laughs> she had a show. Yes, she did. Oh, man. And she had an outfit that she wore, too. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. If we do an interview with her, it'll definitely be R-rated. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but that's uh, that's when I met. But then it turns out I was I saw him on on Blab about a month ago, and or maybe it's four months ago. And uh, he saw me like uh, in the crowd, I guess. And he goes, "Hey, Gary Leland, first time I saw him at Podcast Expo, he came over and drank a beer with me." So I said, "That's a pretty cool dude." <laughs> so I guess he forgot about the uh, the, the the drop the. The, the question that he had met me earlier. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> well, I'm, uh, Oh, another time, oh. another question. I go walking outside at the first podcast expo and there's all these podcasters, you know, out there. And I'm like the old guy, you know, cause I'm thin, I'm 50. Okay. Yeah. And most of these guys are in their twenties and early thirties. And I go walk, I see a bunch of them hanging outside of the, that hotel. So I say, I'll walk out there and say, I see what they're doing. Well, as soon as I open the door, the side door, you see all these, uh, lights, <laughs> Drop to the ground, people stepping on them. So, you know, everybody's out there smoking dudes or something. And they think I'm out there and they're going, oh, that's old man. He's not going to understand us smoking pot. <laughs> you know, that's what I was, because I was still military at the time. And when we had our parties in the room, I told everybody, you do whatever you want in here, but no smoking weed in here. If you do that, I'm going to get, you know, and, uh, Oh man, yeah. There it seemed there was definitely. The, I'm gonna say this: podcasters were smoking a lot, a lot of weed in those early days. Yeah, yeah I wasn't gonna go out and smoke with them, but it was just right. the fact that they were all concerned about me that they all had to put out their dudes. I just thought that was funny. Yeah, it is funny. Yeah, the older guy like he can't hang. Yeah, I guess they didn't realize I grew up in the '70s. Right. <laughs> oh man. It's too funny. Well, Gary, I know it's late there. I pre and I know you just got in from Houston, so I appreciate you spending some time with me here. It's been fun. Yeah. Yeah, no no problem at all. And um yeah, thanks for having me on. I enjoyed uh walking down memory lane. Uh I don't know how educational this conversation was, but I enjoyed I think the whole time I've been sitting here looking at all these pictures on Google of Podcast Pickle. Yeah. I didn't realize how many pictures were still on there. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, you know, yeah, I, seeing people I know post with them, and you know, for me, it's like uh, you know, we've all lived this, but it's like I just want to make sure. You know, the whole goal of this show is to you know kind of get this stuff down and you know and, and talk to these uh, you know these these early folks. And a lot of people are saying, "Well, these aren't legends." I'm like, "Well, it's you know, you guys, everyone is. You're still podcasting or, or in the beginning." It was hard back in those days, so uh, it was it was hard to podcast back then. 
Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. That's why most of the podcasters had I had uh, Apple computers because they had uh, uh, whatever that GarageBand built in there. Yep. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it was a lot harder back then. But you know, um, there are so many so many people that uh, were there that aren't doing it now that really played big roles. Back oh then. man, huge roles. You know. Yeah, yeah, huge roles. Besides the people you think, and and I think your show's a, a good concept. Whether you you want to think about legends or however you want to think yeah. about, they're people who were pioneers. A lot of people that you had, um, you had. Um, gosh, I can't think. Of, believe I can't think of his name. Who's the music guy that you had? Oh, on uh, Brian. Uh, Brian Evans. Brian. Yeah, Brian's yeah. a great guy. I love him. And his show, I used to advertise on his podcast for Podcast Pickle. That's amazing. You know? You know, yeah. I, I'm tr- trying to get Dave Slusher on. He was at uh, Comic-Con or something this weekend. And um, I, I don't have a lot of uh, – Dave and I were in definitely in different circles. So I'm looking forward to talking to Dave because um, he's going to give me a whole new perspective that I probably wasn't aware of, the stuff that he did. And um, so – well, he's a good friend of Michael Butler. Yeah, he is. And uh, Michael and I were talking yeah, about him. he was the first person to give Podcast Pickle a bad review somewhere. Oh, that's funny. And I saw him, and no one had ever bad-mouthed Podcast Pickle. And I said, <laughs> man, what? And I asked him, I said, what the hell? What did I do to you? What's wrong with Podcast Pickle? He goes, what do you mean? And I said, what are you bad-mouthing it? Saying it's a piece of crap. And he goes, well, I just tell him I thought. I said, well, it wasn't needed. <laughs> and I remember that this day. You know, giving him a hard time for giving me a bad. This is the first time I'd ever had a bad review for anything I ever did. That's funny. Not that I didn't deserve him. I just said never one had ever done it. Yeah. Well, we're trying, still trying to get Adam on and uh, Dave Weiner. I think Dave Weiner would be the real tough one. We'll, we'll get Adam snagged at some point down the road here, too. But, uh, yeah, he's a tough one. Yeah. Dave, Dave Weiner will be one. real hard. Um, I'll, make, I'll make a deal with you. If you get in touch with Dave, you let me know how you did it, and I'll do the same. Wow. Because I've been trying to get in touch with him for two years for Podcast Movement. Yeah, he says he doesn't do interviews anymore, so I'm just going to have to go where he is sometime and hopefully uh, uh, get him a corner. Well, that must be why he doesn't return my calls or messages. Yeah, he says he doesn't do interviews anymore. So, But anybody's got an insight to getting through to Dave, though, uh, drop me a line here. I'd like to – and I sent him an email. He just doesn't respond, so I've got his email. He's yeah, got, that's, what, that's what happens to me. Yeah. yeah. Adam to, said that uh, he could help me, but that hasn't happened. Yeah. So, all right, Gary, thanks so much. Where, hey, where can they thanks read? For and thanks for all you've done for the way you do a little, it might sound like a little ass kissing here, but hey, you're a pretty good guy, and I appreciate all you've done for the community. I appreciate that, so, Gary. And uh, where can they reach you? Uh, best place is GaryLeland.com. Gary, Gary, if you just get on Google and search Gary Leland, I'm probably the first five to ten pages. All right, that's so, cool. You know. Yeah, I'm pretty easy to find. You're looking for a bat, looking for some softball gear, get it from Gary's site. That's where you got to go. <laughs> and I always say this. I said this this year. I'm going to start saying it early this year. If you go to Podcast Movement next year, I expect you to walk up to me and introduce yourself because I want to meet you. I said that about a month before the last one. It's amazing how many people took me up on that and how many people I met. So I'm going to say this all year. If you listen to this and you come to Podcast Movement, you better walk up to me and introduce yourself. I do want to meet you. Outstanding. Gary, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. All right, everybody. That's going to wrap us up here. If you've got comments on today's show, you can send an email to me at geek at geek news, excuse me, geek news at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at geek news. At some point, we'll get a uh, actual email for this show, but for now, we'll just use the regular one. Hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the Podcast Legends. It's been my pleasure to bring it to you. We'll see you next time here on Podcast Legends.